0: <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the mind. The best love programs from radio's golden age. Only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor.
1: Costello program, brought to you by Camel, the cigarette that's first in the service according to actual sales records. See if your throat and your taste don't make Camel a first with you, too. Find out for yourself. <laughs> Listen to the great rhythms of Freddie Rich and his orchestra, the swingy singing of Connie Haynes, and that Popeye's little weather prophet who saw the groundhog this morning and calmly said, Hey, i
2: Costello, where in the world have you been? I've been looking for you all day. Oh, Abbott, I'm a very busy man. I spent the whole day in my backyard hanging prunes on my orange tree. Ha- hanging prunes on your orange tree? Who told you to do that? My gardener. He said the orange tree needed pruning. <laughs> what a dope. Your gardener meant you should uh, get a ladder and saw the limbs. I don't need no ladder. I saw the limbs from my window. Oh, my. <laughs> What kind of limbs can you saw from your window? The limbs of ruby pool you? She lives next door. No, That's no. my girl, you know. No, 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 I understand. I'm talking about the limbs on your tree. Did you saw the limbs? Certainly I saw the limbs. They was hanging right in front of me. No, no, no. no, 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 no you know, damn yeah, I, something I look, saw them. Just a minute. Did you saw them off? Oh, I just saw you. I saw them off. No, no, Custer. <laughs> you don't saw them on. You saw them off. They was off. How could I see them? Look, because you had to see them when you sawed them. I had to see them when I sawed them. What? What kind of English is that? <laughs> Costello, when I say saw, I don't mean the kind of saw you saw when you see. I mean the kind of saw you saw when you saw. Oh, you don't mean the kind of saw you saw when you see. You mean the kind of see you saw when you see saw. Now, now you've got it. Now I've got I don't even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Costello, I'm trying to tell you how to prune a tree. Look, Costello, if you want your tree to grow good oranges, it's got to be trimmed before the sap rises. Before the sap rises? Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm That's right What time do you get up? Uh, I (laughs) am Will you talk sense? Look, what kind of oranges grow on your trees? Oh, the regular kind, round ones. No, 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 no. Are they are they Valencia's or navel oranges? Oh, these are naval oranges. How do you know? I saw a sailor picking some. No. <laughs> How can you be so stupid? You can tell the difference between uh, oranges by the color of the juice. Did you ever squeeze one of your oranges? Oh, yeah. And what came out? Milk. Milk? Yeah. How could your oranges have milk in them? I got the trees from a nursery. Well, uh, 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 please. What's wrong with that? All right. Uh, everyone, uh, what did I... All right, come on. Come on with me, Costello. We're going out in the backyard and look at your tree. Hey, wait a minute. Look out that window. There's a big crow sitting up in your tree. Hey, Abbott, that crow's got a lot of nerve. Hand me my sawed-off shotgun. All right, here it is. Hey, wait a minute. This gun hasn't got any uh, handle on it. How do you like that? I sawed off the wrong end. Uh, Now, watch what you're doing. You're pointing that gun right at me. Do you want to shoot me? Don't worry. Don't worry. I got my finger over the hole. Hey, stand back. Stand back, Abbott. All right. I'm going to teach that crow not to eat my oranges. Watch me get him. Hey, was that a crow? Uh Uh-uh. That was the old pussy that lives next door. (laughs) Come on, Costello. Let's see what happened. Costello, that was your neighbor, Mrs. Beanbag. That's the one you shot. And here she comes. Oh!
3: There you are, you little fat assassin. How dare you shoot at me when I was up in that tree putting oranges in my bucket?
2: That'll teach you to keep your bucket out of my tree.
3: (laughs) After all, I'm tired of people stealing my oranges. Your oranges? My oranges! It so happens that your orange tree hangs over into my yard, and the law says that whatever hangs over my fence belongs to me. Oh, yeah? Yeah.
2: Well, look at here, Mrs. Beanbag. Did you ever see a fat man standing at a bar? Yes, Yes, what about it? Does the part that hangs over the bar belong to the bartender? (laughs) Costello, apologize to Mrs. Beanbag for knocking her out of the tree. Come on. She ought to apologize to me. What did I you. What did you do? You fell on my hedge and bent my verbenas, mm-hmm. Costello. Not you only stomp- that, you stamped on my. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 yeah, yes, yes. Listen. What mm-hmm. the kind of flowers I got there? Never mind, never mind that. Will you stop fighting you with a lady? Stamped on my hollyhockers. Never mind. I <laughs> couldn't <laughs> say the word. All right, well just, just don't fight with a lady, please. Yes,
3: young man, you have very bad manners. In my day, men didn't fight with women.
2: In your day, the men were too busy fighting the Indians. <laughs> oh.
3: is, I've heard enough I'm going to call my husband Homer! Oh, there you are Homer! I've just been insulted Come here and speak to this ruffian
4: Yeah, I'm going to speak to
2: her Speak to her Yeah Yeah All right, Homer We're only on a half hour Come on (laughs) I'm going to speak to her Hello, ruffian Look, uh, Mr. Beanbag Costello made a very serious mistake He shot at your wife Oh, he, he, he made a worse mistake than, I, than well, that What could be worse than Costello shooting at your wife? He, he, he missed her oh. <laughs> oh, no, Beanbag, you made you made a worse mistake than that Yeah, what's that? You married her <laughs> Oh, yeah hey.
3: Oh, Homer, Beanbag, are you going to stand there while this man insults me?
2: No, I'm not going to stand, uh, bring me a chair <laughs>
3: I've had enough of both of you. Mr. Costello, I'm taking you into court. I'll teach you to fire your shotgun at a defenseless woman. All I was doing was picking a few oranges. Picking a
2: few oranges? Now, look here, Mrs. Beanbag. I've been watching you for weeks. I didn't mind when you reached up and took a few oranges for breakfast. I didn't even mind the times when you came out and filled your apron with my oranges. But today, when you climbed my tree with your bucket and hung from a branch by your nose so you could pick with both hands, you <laughs> On my sickness grove, but you have filched my monolith.
1: Thank you, Bud and Lou, for a lot of fun. Camel Cigarettes now presents Freddie Rich with the wonderful arrangement of Begin the Begeve. Common is now in session The case of Mrs. Bessie Beanbag Versus Lou Costello The prisoner is charged With perforating Mrs. Beanbag's bucket
2: Look Mrs. Beanbag Why can't we drop this case? I didn't mean to shoot at you Honest, I didn't I'm a nice little fella Why, I even leave
3: my chewing gum Under theater seats for other people Please, Mrs. Beanbag Well, Costello I'm willing to drop the whole case If you'll pay me 50 cents To get a new bucket
2: Gee, you're a swell woman Here's your 50 cents.
3: Uh, uh, no, you don't, Costello. Abbott, yeah, let, let me, me pay the
2: 50 cents. You'll do nothing of the kind if you... I said I into no, this. I, let I, me I, pay I, her. I said no. Now, listen. If you give that woman that money, it shows you're guilty. We're going to fight this case. I've hired you a lawyer. I am sure, As a lawyer, I am the <laughs> Hey, look. It's Kitzel. Yes. Yeah. Hey, Abbott. Now, get this guy out of here. I'll get my Uncle Artie Stebbins to defend me. This Kitzel ain't no lawyer. Now, now, just a second, just a
5: second, Mr. Kinsmelio. Can't smell me? Yeah. Costello! All right, well, I'll have you to know I happen to be one of the greatest legal minds in the world. In my first case, I defended Dreyfus. Alfred Dreyfus of Devil's Island? No, reckless Dreyfus from Coney Island. <laughs>
2: oh, now, don't give me that stuff, Kessel. You don't look like a lawyer to me.
5: Oh, Pish Pash, you don't look like a lawyer to me. And why don't I look like a lawyer to
2: you? You've got your hands in your own pockets.
5: <laughs> ah! I got my hands in my own pocket. <laughs> what do you know? I'm broke.
2: <laughs> Look, Abbott, please let me pay Mrs. Beanbag the 50 cents and
5: then I can get out of here. Uh, who over my death habeas corpus, Mr. Castillo. Castillo. You know, we can't lose this case. Just remember that old saying a burden your hand is worth. Go ahead. There's more. <laughs>
1: Everybody rise, presenting his honor, Judge Sam Quentin Leavenworth. All right, bailiff, bring in the first, bring in the first, bring in the next, bring in the whole case. <laughs> and you are
5: now. I am representing the defendant, Mr. Castoria. Now it's Castoria. (laughs) Yes. Now, it seems that my client took a shot at a poor defenseless woman while she was picking oranges out of a tree. He knocked her to the ground, ruined her bucket, and did her great bodily injury.
2: The defense rests. (laughs) Kitzel, wait a minute. Whose side are you on? Quiet, Costello. Kitzel knows what he's doing. You
5: say that you know the judge and I are old friends. I call him Morris. Well, Morris will
2: give me the chair. Now, (laughs) Abbott, will you please give Mrs. Beanbag the 50 cents? Mr. Kitzel, you may proceed with your questioning. Uh, Thank you,
5: Your Honor. Now, Mr. Costellanitz. Now, I'm a musician. Do you promise to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? I do. Your Honor, we plead insanity.
6: <laughs> Kitzel, what's
5: the idea?
2: Costello, he's taking advantage of the law. He's, he's making use of the insanity clause. But I don't believe in insanity clause. <laughs> That's
6: the way it's written. <laughs>
2: the court finds the defendant, Luke Costello, guilty as charged. He will pay Mrs. Beanbag 50 cents or serve 30 days in jail. Abbott, please let me give this woman her 50 cents. Oh, no,
5: you don't. <laughs> no, sir, you know, because we're going to appeal this case to a higher court. Don't forget the words of that great poet, Stone walls do not a prison make, nor iron bars a cage. Yes, and don't
2: forget the words of that other great poet, Tom Zizimus. He says, 30 days has September, April, June, and Lou Costello. <laughs> Supreme Court is now in session. First case, Mrs. Beanbag versus Costello. Prisoner will step to the bar. Costello, are the chains heavy? Abbott. Yeah, Would you mind holding up this 500-pound ball? (laughs) Why don't you please let me pay Mrs. Beanbag the 50 cents? Your
5: Honor, I would like to ask my client just one question.
1: Request granted.
5: Thank you. Now, Mr. Cantaloupe, tell the jury, (laughs) where were you on the afternoon of February 1st? I was home. Oh, you poor boy! You should have been with me. I had a wonderful time. <laughs> you know, I had two bottles of champagne. Seppening? Yeah.
2: What's happening?
5: Nothing much. What's happening with you? <laughs> the defense rests.
2: Alcatraz, here I come.
1: Uh, the court has considered the new evidence in this case. Uh, prisoner Costello, when you fired your shotgun at Mrs. Beanbag, some of the buckshot lodged in the oranges. The woman's husband, Homer Beanbag, ate one of the oranges and died of lead poisoning. Therefore, Lou Costello, you are found guilty of murder in the first degree, and it is the sentence of this court that you shall spend the term of 99 years at hard labor. Costello, do you have any last request to make before I send you away? Yes, sir. Don't fence me in. (laughs) Responding to hundreds of requests from her camel fans, Connie Haynes repeats her treatment of the trolley song.
7: With my high Dutch collar and my high top shoes and my hair up high up on my hair I went to lose a jolly hour upon the trolley and lost my heart instead. With his light brown derby and his bright green tie, he was quite the handsomest of men. I started to yen so kind can. The trolley Ding 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 went the bell Zing zing ding went my heart string. for the moment I saw him I fell Chug 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 went the motor Bump 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 went the break. Thump, thump, thump went my heart strings. When he smiled, I could feel the caution, He tipped his hat and took the seat. He said he hoped he hadn't stepped upon my feet. He asked my name. I held my breath. I couldn't speak because he scared me half to death. Buzz, 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 went the buzzer.
6: Lob- Flop, flop, went the wheel
7: Stop, 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 went my heartstring As he started to leave I took hold of his sleeve with my hand And as if it were planned He stayed on with me And it was grand
2: me off this rock pile? Costello, why are you always complaining? You should be thankful that I got myself a job as guard so I could be with you.
3: Mrs. Beanbag, to see prisoner Costello. Oh, Mr. Costello, there's been a terrible mistake. My husband Homer didn't die of lead poisoning after all. The doctors removed all the buckshots. Thank
2: heavens! Homer got the lead out. <laughs>
3: I'm so happy. Tomorrow morning, you can walk out of here a free man.
2: guard, put the prisoner in his cell until morning. All right. Costello, in you go. Abbott. Abbott. What's the matter now? I don't want to spend the night in this cell. The place is full of rats. Don't be afraid. I'm here. I know it, but it's the little rats I'm afraid of. (laughs) Abbott. Abbott. Now I... Come back here now another guy in my cell. Look at the looks of the guy. That's your cellmate. That's your cellmate. What's the matter? He'll be glad to have you for company. Uh, See you later, Costello. So long. Looks like he's got company already. (laughs) What a raggedy individual. What are you in
8: here for, partner? Oh, I beg your pardon. I didn't realize you were talking to me. Thank you for calling me partner. Those are the first kind words I've heard in years. You have a very kind face, little man. Sort of an open one. You see, I haven't always been a raggedy, scurvy looking outcast like you. If you have some measure of intelligence, my story might interest you. Did you go to school? Yes, sir. I went to school last year. Did you pass your examination? No, sir.
2: But I was first on the list of those that failed. Very well, I'll tell you my
8: story. I don't care to hear it. Well, and I will positively tell it to you. When I was a boy, my father gave me the benefit of a very good education. Eight years at the school and college, I worked hard and diligently. I soon became a success and settled down in a small and thriving community. And then I met her. We were married. The good gods of fortune smiled down upon us and blessed us with a baby boy. A boy, mind you, and I haven't seen my boy since this very day.
2: You haven't seen your little boy no, from sir. that day until this? No, sir. Wait a minute. Did he, did he have curly black hair? Yes. And, and did he have
6: little blue eyes? Yes, yes. And, and did he have two little teeth in his mouth? Yes. Papa! Ah.
8: <laughs> I worked harder than ever for my little family. And then one day, the other man came into my life. He was a poor man, broken in health and spirit. I welcomed him into my home gladly. I said, make my home your home. And he did.
6: Oh, you poor man.
8: One day I returned from work to find that home was no longer home. Do you know what it was? Third base? No. (laughs) Shortstop? No. Second base? No. My home was an empty shell. My wife, the baby, and the stranger had fled. Then I started a search that lasted for years. I followed them around the world. Honolulu, China, Singapore, India. Then one day on the banks of the river Pocomoco, I found him. When I saw him standing there, all the hatred, all the pent-up emotion of years suffering, dwelled up within me. So with murder in my heart, shalom! By step, step by step by have crept upon him, and when I felt his vile breath upon my cheek, I struck. Get here, come here, come
6: on, Costello. <laughs> Costella, what are you doing down there on the floor? Get me out of here! Robert. Get off that floor! Get up!"
2: Maybe the, maybe the man wants to talk to you.
8: <laughs> now, don't call me unless you want. <laughs> oh, God, Zooks, what have I done? Uh, what haven't you done? What's happening to me? What's happening to
5: me?
6: <laughs>
8: oh, yes, yes, I remember you now. You're the little man with the kind face. <laughs> I didn't mean to hate you, but every time I hear the word polka I want to kill.
2: That's all right, pal. I know how you feel. I would have done the same thing if I would have seen that nasty man in Poco. Uh... I didn't say it! <laughs> I didn't say it. You didn't hear me say it.
8: What did you say?
2: Moka Who
8: oh, come Moka I shot him I couldn't help myself When I hide the way I wanted to see his bottles In between my fingers So slow <laughs> Step by step Step by step I clapped upon him And when I saw the spike Upon his countenance I, I struck on Come on!
2: Costello, what are you doing on that floor? Oh, I put you in out. here to keep the man company. Come out. Get up. Abbott, come me out. Come on, get up. Here comes the warden. Costello, um, I have here your release. You've been completely exonerated, and you may leave the jail at once. Well, Costello, shake hands with your old cellmate and let's get going. Not me. I don't think I'd better go near that guy, Abbott. He eats too many Wheaties. <laughs> oh, nonsense. He looks like a nice old man. He might have been a nice old man once, but something must have happened to him at Pocahontas.
6: <laughs> I didn't say it! <laughs> this
2: guy's trying to get me to say that word, at, and I don't want to what, say it. What word? Word. What word is that? It sounds like Pocahontas. <laughs> Pocahontas! Pocahontas! <laughs> what word are you worrying about? What is it? It sounds like Pocahontas. Well, what is it? Pocamoco. <laughs>
1: We'll be back for Camel Cigarettes and Dr.
6: Mulkey.
1: Thanks to the Yanks of the Week, tonight we salute Lieutenant Betty Barry of Forest Hills, Long Island, just awarded the Air Medal for meritorious achievement in the China, India, Burma Theater. She is one of the first women in this area to be given this coveted decoration. In your honor, Lieutenant Barry, the makers of camels are sending to our fighters overseas 400,000... Camel cigarettes. Each of the three camel radio shows honors the yank of the week by sending free 400,000 camel cigarettes overseas. A total of more than a million camels sent free each week. Camel broadcasts go out to the United States three times a week. Are rebroadcast to practically every area in the world where our men are fighting and in cooperation with the Good Neighbor Policy also to Central and South America. Listen tomorrow to Jimmy Durante and Gary Moore. Monday to Bob Hawke in Thanks to the Yanks. And next Thursday to Abbott and Costello. And now, here are Bud Abbott and Lou Costello with the final word. Well, Costello, you had a pretty rough time tonight. How about coming out
2: to my house for some refreshments? Gee, Abbott. Yeah. Where do you live? Uh, 2964 Pocomoco Street.
6: Pocomoco! Uh, Slowly
2: Good night, folks. Good, Good night, night.
6: everybody. Good night to A.
1: Be sure to tune in next week for another great Abbott and Costello show. And remember, camels are worth asking for every time. See for yourself how camels' mildness, coolness, and flavor click with you.
0: Stay tuned for The Lone Ranger next on Theater of the Mind. Time now for The Lone Ranger and his faithful companion, Tonto.
9: Horse with the speed of light, the cloud of dust, and a hearty hi Silver, the
0: Lone Ranger. <laughs>
9: Return with us now to those thrilling days of yesteryear. From out of the past come the thundering hoofbeats of the great horse Silver. The Lone Ranger rides again. Come on, Silver! Let's come on the trail ahead. I'm
10: Silver! Hooray!
9: The courtroom was packed with townsmen who came to hear Cyrus Hawkins sentenced. The hum of excited voices rose and fell on the warm air, and the atmosphere was charged with tense expectancy. Movements stirred in the crowded doorway and in the tall open windows where late comers sought entrance into the courtroom. The charge was murder. Witnesses who claimed to have seen the act committed made the verdict of guilty a certainty. But the pros and cons of the case still held the excited interest of the crowd. Then a sudden hush fell over the room, ...as the judge made ready to address the prisoner in a gavel rapped for silence.
4: The prisoner will stand. Cyrus Hawkins, you have been found guilty of murder as charged in the indictment. Have you anything to say before this court
10: passes sentence? Just this. I'm no more guilty of murder than you are. I tell you, judge, this whole thing's a frame-up. That's all that you have to say? It's not all I'm... I've got to say, not by a jugful... Every doggone one of those witnesses lied through his teeth. Well, look at me. I never so much as heard a grasshopper. Seth Holloway is to hang tomorrow. I know he's not guilty of murder any more than I am. The same witnesses that lied, The
4: jury has found you guilty. The time for argument is past. You had your trial. And all that remains is for me to pass sentence. But judge, but I tell you. It is the you sentence of this court. That you be taken to the jail in the custody of the sheriff. And on the morning of the 14th. Be hanged by the neck until dead. Well, listen to me. How come the same witnesses testify against everyone? what is are Jan Hold it. Oh, uh, stay right where you are. There he is. There at the window. nice
10: Smash!
4: He's got two guns on us. What's this mean? Getting colour. You come this way. Stop it. You, Indian, take your hands off the prisoner. You see here. You, you run out of the way, Sheriff.
10: You might get hurt. The redskins take at the window. Who is he? Who's hey, the master? Arrest
4: them both interfering with justice. Stop him. Send him away.
9: that day, the townsmen discussed the trial and the amazing abduction of the condemned man. Then toward evening, the subject of conversation changed. Attention was focused on Seth Halloway, already tried and convicted of murder, who was sentenced to hang the following morning. Daybreak. Halloway slowly mounted the 13 steps of the scaffold. He had pleaded in vain, protesting his innocence against a string of men who claimed to be eyewitnesses to murder. On top of the platform, he saw a row of men who would officially witness his hanging. The sheriff was on hand with a deputy who would adjust the black hood over Seth's tired face. Innocent. I'm innocent. And they're to hang me. Near the sheriff stood the banker, a man named Steele, who was an official witness... If anything happens like yesterday,
11: Sheriff, you'd better be ready to account for it. It won't. Still no sign of that mask, man, huh? No, but we're still hunting him and the Redskin and Cy Hawkins. He won't interrupt this hanging. By a darn sight. I've got guards posted all around. Good. Innocent.
4: they there to hang me. Holloway, this is it. You got any last words before we blindfold you? Sheriff, I, I know there ain't no use pleading now. But I hope someday, from where I'm going, to see those lying witnesses made to pay in full.
10: Fix the blind hold. Not now. That voice. Who spoke? I did. Put on who goes. Up the prisoner's hands. It's say man. You needn't look so closely, Banker Steele. My face isn't masked. It is disguised. Hold Bring up the horses. Uh, come. That same redskin. If let Sheriff you'll pay Jump for this. Jump down and get on that white horse. I'll be right alongside. Now hurry. My chance for life. Ah. Yeah. You get up on Silver. Steady, Silver. They're <laughs> not going to get away with it. Keep your gun in leather. Like fun, I will. Now fix it so you can't use it. Come on, Silver. Get him up, Scout. Someone stop him. He's got another prisoner. Fire on them. Stop them. Call the posse. I'm Silver. Holy. <laughs>
9: Later in the day, Sheriff Carey defended himself weakly against the anger of Banker Steele, the wealthiest man in Lenape. The huge frame of the banker seemed to tower over the undersized lawman, and in his discomfiture, the sheriff seemed to shrink in his chair. The scene is the sheriff's office. I tell you, Steele, I did all I could. It ain't my fault the masked man rescued them, too.
11: Shut up, you blabbering and weak-kneed fool. I saw you give way to the masked man with my own eyes. You ain't got the spine of a jellyfish. I did my best. Your best ain't good enough. What do you mean? I put you in office, Kerry. I can put you out. You wouldn't. Wouldn't I? Kerry, I had you elected chair for one reason. To arrest the men I wanted out of the way. That's what I've been doing. I supplied you with the evidence to hang them. Evidence that convicted them. But you let them get away. It's that masked man, Steele. He shows up when you don't expect him. Handles them six guns of his like grease lightning. Who is he? I don't know. Find him, arrest him. I can't. I've had men hunting everywhere. Carey, if you don't get that masked man, you're finished. What you I had me. I don't know who he is, what he wants. But I get a sneaking suspicion if I don't get him, he'll get me. If you'll just give me time. You had time. I... Sheriff Carey, you wouldn't be thinking of double-crossing me, would you? Of
10: course not, Mr. Steele.
11: Any time you get tired of your job, there's jail waiting for you. Mr. Steele. I've got evidence to use against you the same as the others. You don't
10: have to worry about me.
11: I reckon not. But if you let that other prisoner escape, you had better worry about me. Uh, Jeff Harris? He's safe in jail. He won't get out. I'm not so sure. What do you mean? With that mask, hombre, around like it's not Jeff Harris will be rescued before he's hung. The other two wasn't taken until he was ready for the noose. Harris ain't even tried yet. He won't take chances. What do you mean? How would it be if Harris was to commit suicide in his cell? Suicide? Folks would figure he had a guilty conscience. Mm. How? It could be made to look like he hanged himself in his cell by his belt. It could be done. Tonight, after he's asleep. Will you be here? Of course not. Well, I'll need help. That's right. And I don't trust them deputies. I'll send over a couple of my own men to help you. <laughs> this will be one hanging the mask man
10: won't know about.
9: Late that night. Three figures crept stealthily toward the cell where Jeff Harris slept. They were the sheriff and two men whom Banker Steele had assigned to help him accomplish his murderous errand. Grim featured shrewd-eyed men who made their living by the knife and the gun and the rope. Slowly, carefully, they crept toward the unsuspecting youth. Quiet, fool.
11: Did it wake him? I don't know. Still sleeping. Come on, Gary. What's your step, Jude?
10: Get him. Up. Put up your hands. You? Who is the sheriff? Bring Jeff Harris out of that cell, Tonto. The mask, man. Hey, what, what's going on here? These men came here to hang you, Jeff. I, I don't understand. You come,
9: don't hey. let him take the prisoner, boys. Rush him.
4: You handle the mask over me, Sheriff. We'll jump the engine.
9: As the two grim faced men leaped into Jeff's cell to intercept Tonto in his attempt to free the youth, the sheriff lunged at the Lone Ranger. Quickly, the masked man returned his guns to their holsters and met the sheriff's attack with his fists. No, you don't. I'll get you. Yes. Take this, too. Fists flailed, but briefly, as the Lone Ranger counted the sheriff's charge with an expertly timed, excellently aimed blow, then floored him with a smash to the jaw. Meanwhile, in Jeff's cell, Tonto was more than holding his own against the two men who attacked him. You take this. You won't I'll get you for cracking my part. No, you won't. As the second man leaped at the Indian to revenge his partner, he was suddenly intercepted by a tall figure who wore a black mask. Harry. The man's blow, the Lone Ranger put the complete force of his muscular shoulders behind a punch, sent his opponent reeling against the wall, then crashing to the floor. Here,
10: we finish plenty fast. Come on, Jeff. Oh, oh, where are you taking me? Where you'll be safe. But I don't know. Hurry this way before they recover. Shut
4: up on my gun. It is. On
10: my horse here. Up you come. But what's this? Up sword? with you. Come on, Silver.
9: Wandering in the night, the powerful horses carried the lone ranger, Jeff and Tonto, to a well-concealed camp in an arroyo not far from town. Easy. You'll be safe here, Jeff.
10: Where are we? At my camp. At Mask. You're outlaws. We're your friends, Jeff. Huh? Why did you break me out of jail? Those men were going to hang you and make it appear a suicide. But... One of them was a sheriff. Yes, and the others were Banker Steele's gunmen. Banker Steele? Steele planned to convict you for murder. I didn't kill Hank James. The evidence against me was fake. Fake by Steele. He framed you just as he framed the others. You mean the, the two you saved from hanging? I heard about that. Why does Steele want you out of the way? I, I don't know. First time I met him was when I made a deposit at his bank. How much did you deposit? $7,000. My uncle back east left it to me in his will. Well, that's reason enough for Steele to want to kill you. Huh? Holloway and Hawkins also had large deposits in his bank. I don't savvy this at all. It's simple enough. The bank's big depositors were prevented from claiming their money. Steele could take over their deposits. But there was evidence against the others. Four men saw Holloway and Hawkins do murder. Those four men could have been paid to testify falsely. By... by Steele? Yes. Then they're... That have been meant at my trial to swear I shot Hank James? Yes, Jeff. But the sheriff, he sheriff knows... Sheriff Carey works hand in glove with Steele. Why, the low-down coyote. Now listen to me, Jeff. You've got to risk your neck to establish your innocence. Huh? As matters stand, you're out of jail. But you'll always be a hunted man. I know. You'll risk hanging to help me. We can expose Steele and Sheriff Carey. You can return home unmolested. I'll be with my wife again. And I can count on you? You bet, mister. Good. Holloway and Hawkins said the same thing. That makes... Five of us. Yeah, five. Five against Steel in his whole rotten setup.
0: The curtain falls on the first act of our Lone Ranger story. Before the next exciting scenes, please permit us to pause for just a few moments.
9: Continue our story. A few days later, a stranger entered Steele's bank and walked to the teller's window. He was well, but conservatively dressed, suggesting a man of means. And in his hand, he carried a small black bag. Setting the bag on the floor beside him, he withdrew from it a thick package of banknotes, Then presented the bills together with a slip at the teller's window. I want to make a deposit.
10: Surely, surely, stranger. Uh, how much? $10,000. Here's a slip I filled out. $10,000? Phew. That's a lot of cash. I'm planning to open a business here. I'll have to get this approved by the boss. I'll be back in a minute. Uh,
11: Mr. Seal. What do you want? A man here wants to make a deposit $10,000. How much? $10,000. 10000 fa- uh, Who? Here's the slip. Lane Brand. Shall I put the deposit through? Certainly put it through. What do I hire you for? Here, let me sign that paper. Uh, yes, sir. Here, Here you are. $10,000. Is <laughs> Some stranger is making a deposit, Kerry. $10,000. Yeah? If I could count on you, I could clean up. Steele, I've done all a man can. Ken... You sure messed things up at the jail the other night. You and know, them dunderheads I told to help. It was that masked man again? I know it. And this time he turned Jeff Harris loose. That makes three escapes, carry You don't have to worry, Steele. They won't show their faces in town again. They know they'd be arrested if they did. And you already took their bank deposits. Even so, if one of your prisoners escapes again... The next one won't get away, I'll promise you that. There won't be a next one, Carrie. Unless... Unless what? Unless we can frame the stranger that just came into the bank. $10,000 is a lot of money. Yes. But first... We got Gunfire. Gave him side. Maybe we can see from this window. <laughs> it's a stranger. He's bending over an engine. Yes. And the engine's been shot. <laughs> Carry that $10,000 as good as mine. What do you mean? They'll railroad the stranger to a hang noose so fast it'll make his head swim. Come on.
9: Hurrying to the street, Sheriff Carey and Steele elbowed their way through the gathering crowd. Angry voices rose as the crowd saw the inert form of a brave faced Indian dressed in buckskin on the ground and a stranger standing over him. Then, before their anger could be expressed in action, the sheriff and banker Steele pushed their way into the center of the crowded circle. Let
4: me through. Make way for the sheriff. Stranger, you're
10: under arrest. What for? Murder. I didn't shoot this engine, sheriff. He was standing over him. I ran to see if I could help him. I mean, nobody else did. Nobody else was around. Sure, just you and the engine. So you shot him. Let me have your gun. Oh, I'll tell you, I found him there on the ground.
11: <laughs> this engine's the one who helped free their murderers, Kerry. Darn darned if he ain't.
10: Name's Tonto
11: or something. Yeah. <laughs> There's two bullet holes in this jacket. That settles it, stranger. What?
10: There's two bullets missing from your gun. Well, that's a lie. I never... Search heard. him, Steele. Like as not, you'll find the shells on him. Glad to oblige, carry Now, see here. You better hold your tongue, mister. Anything you say can be used against you. I'll tell you I'm innocent. We'll, we'll let the court decide that. Find anything, Steele? Just a piece of paper. Hey, give me that. That's my
11: bank receipt. You're mistaken, mister. This is nothing but a scrap of paper. It's a receipt for money I deposited. Shut up.
10: Didn't find any shells, to you No, Kerry. I guess he's run away. Yeah, well, that way there'd be less evidence. We got enough to hang him already. You're framing me, both of you. Hold oh, silver, water, mask, the, the masked man. Put your hands up, Kerry, If he takes this prisoner from me, you're through. Put down them guns. You're, you're obstructing justice. Obstructing justice? You should know all about that, Sheriff. You and Where are you. What? Remember, Kerry?
11: If he takes the prisoner, if you let him get I away, I did come I'm...
10: for the prisoner this time. Easy, big fella. Came for my friend. Come on, know I'll get you out of here. How's your chance, Carrie? Jumpy, quick. Watch yourself, Sheriff. Shoot him. Shoot your fool. Well, I... Go ahead, Sheriff. Shoot me in the back. Steady, big fella. Come on, Silver.
11: Hey, you slow-moving moss horn. Confound you, Sheriff. You let him get away. <laughs>
9: Carrying Tonto astride the great horse Silver, the Lone Ranger raced back to the camp. When he arrived, the three fugitives he had saved from Sheriff Carey's justice were waiting. silver, oh, Easy. Boy, boy, boy.
10: You did a perfect job, Tonto. Huh? Them plenty fooled. How did it come out? What happened? Did it work? Everything went as planned were so anxious to arrest Brandt, they glanced at the bullet holes in Tonto's jacket and took it for granted that he was shot. Can you beat that? That proves the sheriff's a crook. I can't wait to get my hands on that Kyle Steele robbed Brandt of his bank receipt. The sheriff took mine. Mine too. Those receipts was our only claim to having cash in the bank. Now Steele's got them. He won't have them long. Then try to hang Brandt. Brandt won't have a chance at the trial. What'll we do? When the case comes up, we'll give Steele and the sheriff the biggest surprise of their lives. (laughs)
9: Brant's trial was set for the following afternoon at the insistence of Steele, who was anxious to claim Brant's $10,000 bank account as quickly as possible. Attracted by the unusual circumstances of the trial, a record crowd thronged the courtroom. A jury had been hastily summoned, and the witnesses, as was expected by the Lone Ranger, were picked by Steele. Brandt heard first one man, then another, take the stand and swear to lies against him. And uh, saw Brandt pull his gun and shoot the redskin. That's all, Your Honor. Judge. Judge,
10: that man lies. Hey, Brand? man sit down. You're out of order. My gun wasn't even fired. Don't oh, believe him, Judge. I found two bullets missing. Yeah. I'm sure, they were missing. You took them from a gun yourself. You know you did, Sheriff. It's a lie. It ain't a lie. As heaven's my witness, it's the truth. Everything those witnesses have said is a lie. A judge, you've got to believe me. These men are hanging me. <laughs>
9: With amazing speed, fake evidence was stacked against the man on trial. It was clear that Brandt had no hope of escaping the hangman's rope. Outside, watching the trial through a window, was a small group of men. Holloway.
10: Yeah? Are those witnesses the same men who testified against you? That's right, me too. Reckon they'd have testified against me if you hadn't broken me out of jail first. I'd like to go in there and throw them lies right back in their faces. Yeah. When do we start? Not yet. The jury's filing out. When they return with the verdict, Grant will have his say. But what good will it do? Wait and watch.
9: Inside the courtroom, there was a low hum of excited voices... punctuated by moments of tense expectancy as faces looked at the clock on the wall which seemed inexorably to take away Brant's white life. When the judge and the jury returned, the defendant's fate would be officially sealed, but in the minds of the people who sat there, the decision soon to be rendered was all too apparent. Already it called for the death penalty. Suddenly the jury filed back into the room, their foreman holding tightly to the paper, whose few simple words held Brant's life in the balance. Gentlemen
4: of the jury... Have you reached a verdict? We have, Your Honor. The defendant will stand and face the jury. The foreman will rise and read the verdict. We, the jury, in the case of the state versus Brandt, find the defendant guilty of murder in the first degree as charged in the indictment. Your Honor, has the defendant something to say? I want to address the court. Well, make it
10: short. I've been guilty of killing a man who has not even been proved dead. Order!
4: Order in the court! Order! What do you mean by that, Brandt? You heard the testimony of witnesses who examined the man and found him dead.
10: I'll show you what I mean, Judge. My friends are taking over.
4: What's that? All of you, stay seated. Won't anybody make a move?
10: I'm asking. Glory be. Kelly. Sheriff Kelly. This is Jeff Harris. One of the escaped prisoners. Order. Order in the corner. Order. And you'll see more of the escaped prisoners. Holloway, Hawkins. Bring in the Indian. We're coming. Here we come, with the engine on a the stretcher. There's the other two fugitives. Hellaway and Huckins Arrest those men. Stay right where you are. Judge, what sort of a trial is this? Be quiet, Steele. Everyone be quiet. Give me that gavel. Now, Judge, ask the witnesses if this is the Indian Brant killed.
4: Step up and answer the question Is that engine on the stretcher the one? Let me have a look.
10: Yep, that's him. Sheriff, do you agree? Yeah, that's the engine, all right. Steele, you take a look. Sure, it, him. What about it? Stand up, Tonto. Uh,
4: me not dead. Me not
10: even hurt. What?
4: We've been flamed. Order! Order in the court! Martyr. Quiet!
10: Quiet! Judge, every one of the witnesses lied. That ain't sure! So. Jeff, where was Collins when he said he saw Branch shoot? In the cafe, playing Farrell. Holloway. Where was Carson?
4: He was at the blacksmith's. Brown was there with him. And Baird was home in bed.
10: <laughs> judge, judge, those same witnesses testified against all of these men. They were paid to lie by Steele. He wanted our money. That ain't true. Am I right? Speak up or you'll be jailed for perjury. Maybe one of you can turn state's evidence.
4: Steele paid us to lie. I'll tell about it. Hey, well, let me
10: tell. You. I'll go oh, I've been framed. Attendant. It's a frame up, Steele, but you framed it. Effect murder evidence against three fugitives for the same reason you did me. To claim their bank deposits. Prove it. Brant, you prove it. You deny I deposited $10,000 in your bank? I do. All my depositors get a receipt for the money. I've got one too, Steele. <laughs> You're bluffing, Brant. You know dog well, The receipt you I... took from me was a copy, Steele. The real receipt is here. Signed with your name. Hey, what's that?
4: Enough. Right there. Steele, I'm appointing an honest lawman to investigate you and the sheriff right now.
10: You needn't appoint anyone, Judge. The United States Marshal is here to take charge.
4: Well, where is he?
10: His name is Grant. Steele, he's, Grant, 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 he's, Grant, he's Grant, arresting Grant, you and the, Grant, the sheriff Grant, for murder. Murder? Murder the men you accused Holloway, Hawkins and Harris of killing. Well, that's, a, that's a hanging charge. Yeah, but he's going to spring the tap on me. Put down that gun, oh, sir. Hey, move it up. Good work, you. Good work, Toto. They won't need us now. Come on. Wait!
4: Hold up there! Who, who are those men? That masked man? The masked man?
10: Judge? He's the Lone Ranger.
4: Glory be. Well, Boy!
9: Heard is a copyrighted feature of the Lone Ranger Incorporated.
0: Thank you for listening. Tomorrow evening, it's the Bob Hope Show that emanated from Camp Borden in 1944, followed by The Saint. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell and Paul Stringer for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great night.